Okay, so to continue with step nine. Um, in the last podcast, we read The Footprints in the Sun poem. We left off with, well, there is a lesser-known poem that plays off of Footprints in the Sun by an author who remains anonymous. One night, I had a wondrous dream. One set of footprints there was seen. The footprints of my precious Lord, but mine were not along the shore. But then some strange prints appeared, and I asked the Lord, What have we here? Those prints are large and round and neat. But Lord, they are too big for feet. My child, he said in somber tones, For miles I carried you along. I challenged you to walk in faith, but you refused and made me wait. You disobeyed. You will not grow. The walk of faith you will not know. So I got tired. I got fed up. And there, I dropped you on your butt. Because in life, there comes a time. I'm going to re-say that because... I don't know if you all heard that. So I will try it this way. Well, there is a lesser known poem that plays off of Prince in the Sun by an author who remains anonymous. One night I had a wondrous dream. Once that footprints there was seen, the footprints of my precious Lord, but mine were not along the shore. But then some strange prints appeared, and I asked the Lord, What have we here? Those prints are large and round and neat, but Lord, they are too big for feet. My child, he said in somber tones, For miles I carried you along. I challenged you to walk in faith, but you refused and made me wait. You disobeyed. You will not grow. The walk of faith you will not know. So I got tired. I got fed up. And there I dropped you on your butt. Because in life there comes a time when one must fight and one must climb. When one must rise and take a stand or leave their butt prints in the sand. The purpose that has been entrusted to you is important. Pursuing that God-given purpose is equally as important. Yes, you can make it into heaven without realizing or acting upon your purpose. But what about those who may never have had a chance to hear about God because you chose to stay in neutral? You've given your life to God. Aren't there others that need the same thing that you have? Is there someone else now who needs salvation? If you and I work together with the rest of of the body of Christ, how many others can be saved from an eternity without God? Step 10. Make a difference. Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 through 16. New King James Version. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp. And put it under a basket. But on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good works. And glorify your father in heaven. When I issue to you the challenge to make a difference, please understand that I am not trying to get you to sign up to be a part of the Holy Chain Gang. Making a difference is not equal to doing stuff, staying busy, getting or done, keeping on top of things, working hard or burning out. Making a difference means being light in our dark world. 
Jesus said you are the light of the world. Imagine that. The Son of God, the Savior of mankind, has spoken into your existence such a noble calling that could only be spoken into your life by the Almighty. On the word of God, you are light. Want to make a difference? Then simply be light. In the Bible, Jesus would often teach using what we call parables. A parable is simply a story that conveys a meaning. The following story is a work of fiction that I like to call a modern-day parable. And this was penned by Elizabeth Silence Ballard in 1974 and printed that year in Home Life magazine. There is a story many years ago of an elementary teacher. Her name was Mrs. Thompson. And as she stood in front of her fifth grade class on the very first day of school, she told the children a lie. Like most teachers, she looked at her students and said that she loved them all the same, but that was impossible because there in, in the front row, slumped in his seat, was a little boy named Teddy Stoddard. Mrs. Thompson had watched Teddy the year before and noticed that he didn't play well with the other children, that his clothes were messy, and that he constantly needed a bath, and Teddy could be unpleasant. It got to the point where Mrs. Thompson would actually take delight in marking his papers with a broad red pen, making bold X's, and then putting a big F at the top of his papers. At the school where Mrs. Thompson taught, she was required to review each child's past records, and she put Teddy's off until last. However, when she reviewed his file, she was in for a surprise. Teddy's first grade teacher wrote, Teddy is a bright child with a ready laugh. He does his work neatly and has good manners. He is a joy to be around. His second grade teacher wrote, Teddy is an excellent student, well liked by his classmates, but he is troubled because his mother has a terminal illness and life at home must be a struggle. His third grade teacher wrote, his mother's death has been hard on him. He tries to do his best, but his father doesn't show much interest in his home life will soon affect him if some steps aren't taken. Teddy's fourth grade teacher wrote, Teddy is withdrawn and doesn't show much interest in school. He doesn't have many friends and sometimes sleeps in class. By now, Mrs. Thompson realized the problem and she was ashamed of herself. She felt even worse when her students brought her Christmas presents wrapped in beautiful ribbons and bright paper, except for Teddy's. His present was clumsily wrapped in the heavy brown paper that he got from a grocery bag. Mrs. Thompson took pains to open it in the middle of the other presents. Some of the children started to laugh when she found a rhinestone bracelet with some of the stones missing and a bottle that was one quarter full of perfume. But she stippled the children's laughter when she exclaimed how pretty the bracelet was, putting it on and dabbing some of the perfume on her wrist. Teddy Stoddard stayed after school that day just long enough to say, Miss Thompson, today you smell just like my mom used to. After the children left, she cried for at least an hour. On that very day, she quit teaching reading and writing and arithmetic. Instead, she began to teach children. Mrs. Thompson paid particular attention to Teddy. As she worked with him, his mind seemed to come alive. The more she encouraged him, the faster... He responded. By the end of the year, Teddy had become one of the smartest children in the class, and despite her lie that she would love all the children the same, 
Teddy became one of her teacher's pets. A year later, she found a note under her door from Teddy telling her that she was still the best teacher he ever had in his whole life. Six years went by before she got another note from Teddy. He then wrote that he had finished high school third in his class and when she was still the best teacher he ever had in his whole life. Four years after that, she got another letter saying that while things had been tough at times, he stayed in school, had stuck with it, and would soon graduate from college with the highest of honors. He assured Mrs. Thompson that she was still the best and favorite teacher he ever had in his whole life. Then four more years had passed, and yet another letter came. This time he explained that after he got his bachelor's degree, he decided to go a little further. The letter explained that she was still the best and favorite teacher he ever had, but now his name was a little longer. The letter was signed, Theodore F. Stoddard, M.D. The story doesn't end there. You see, there was yet another letter that, spr that spring. Teddy said he'd met this girl and was going to be married. He explained that his father had died a couple of years sooner, and he was wondering if Mrs. Thompson might agree to sit in the place of, at the wedding that was usually reserved for the mother of the groom. Of course, Mrs. Thompson did, and guess what? She wore that bracelet, the one with several rhinestones missing, and she made sure she was wearing the perfume that Teddy remembered his mother wearing on their last Christmas together. They hugged each other, and Dr. Stardard whispered in Mrs. Thompson's ear, Thank you, Mrs. Thompson, for believing in me. Thank you so much for making me feel important and showing me that I could make a difference. Mrs. Thompson, with tears in her eyes, whispered back. She said, Teddy, you have it all wrong. You are the one who taught me that I could make a difference. I didn't know how to teach until I met you. You might be thinking that was a very moving story, but that it wasn't real. I would contend with that sentiment in as much as the story is fiction. I dare say that there was a Mrs. Thompson in your life somewhere. I know that there was in my life, perhaps just that one person who showed you that your life could make a difference. Then again, you may be that individual who cannot think of a single person who spoke anything positive into your life. I would ask you then, who would have a deeper understanding still of the importance. Won't you be a Mrs. Thompson to someone else? Or maybe it's a Mr. Mr. Thompson, you know? Maybe it's a male person that spoke encouraging words into your life. You know, like Pastor Walter. Pastor Sean Rudy. Pastor Troy Schultz, his wife, Pastor Kimmy. And the list goes on, folks. Maybe you've been... <laughs> Maybe you've been the one that spoke negatively into other people's lives. Maybe you're the one who spoke curses and filth into someone else's life. It's not too late to change the way you've acted in the past. Repent. Ask Jesus to forgive you and to help you make a difference in the lives around you now. Maybe you think that you couldn't possibly make a difference in someone else's life. Maybe you think that you are small and insignificant. That you couldn't possibly make a difference in the world. I would ask you to consider an old African proverb. 
Those who think they are too small to make a difference have never spent the night with a mosquito. You are much, much more than a mosquito. You are a child of God who has purpose designed by God himself in order to make an eternal difference in other people's lives. I want to encourage you. Follow these 10 steps I have laid out for you. If you fall, get back up. If you stall, get going again. If you mess up, perhaps I should say when you mess up. Go to God. He loves you and he will forgive you. Whatever you do, keep moving. Don't stop. The last thing the devil wants you to do is to listen to my message. Proceed with the steps that I have told you about and follow after God. You can do this. I know that you can. Since you've decided to ask God into your life by accepting Jesus as your Savior, I urge you to commit yourself to know God. I urge you to follow Jesus and be baptized in water. I urge you to make sure to find a church home where you will experience worship, learn the Bible, and start to pray. Impact. If you're in, well, you know, Florida and Polk County. I urge you to know that as you are intentional about pursuing God, you will not only find freedom, but you will also live in freedom. I encourage you to discover purpose. And once you have discovered your God-given purpose, pursue purpose in such a way that you make a difference in someone else's life. In step 8, discover purpose. I told you, you must embark on a journey. If you do not know already to find out what your purpose in God's kingdom is, Without that purpose, you will simply be another church attender, and you will find yourself listless. You will be a child of God, who is full of promise and possibilities, and yet completely unfulfilled. Want to talk about ministry? Then let's talk about a Christian who either cannot or will not discover his or her God-given purpose in life. I mention this particular recap because I want you to realize that you do not have to be a child of God who walks in misery. Quite the opposite. You can walk in the joy of the Lord as you fulfill God's will for your life. Instead of asking want to talk about misery, allow me to ask. Want to talk about joy? You will find it. Do not be content as an unfulfilled church attender. Pursue God. Pursue God with all that is in you. You feel Find him. You will discover life more abundant. Pray this prayer. Lord, I love you. And I want to discover the purpose that you have designed in me and for me. Help me to carry out these 10 steps. I am thankful for my salvation. But I want to pursue my purpose and make a difference in somebody else's life. Whenever I mess up or whenever I stop short of my purpose, I ask you to forgive me and then strengthen me to keep going. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Finally, at Impact Church, we emphasize four areas in our walk with Christ. They are a part of the ten steps listed in this book. They are no God find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Intentional as defined by Merriam-Webster, done in a way that is planned or intended. I believe that you and I must be intentional if we are going to grow and develop in our relationship with God. Remember, God does not want to be our religion. He wants to be our Father. You and I must, in a way that is planned or intended, Get to where we know God. We need to do more than just know about God. 
We must know God. When we know God, we come to where we find freedom in our lives, discover our God-given purposes, and we make eternal differences in other people's lives. This last thought is very important. I believe that there are three keys to being intentional to know God. Find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. These three keys are also a part of the 10 steps listed in this book. They are worship, word, and prayer. Do you want to know God? Worship Him. Read His Word. Talk to Him. Do you want to find freedom? Worship Him. Read His Word. Talk to Him. Do you want to discover purpose? Worship Him. Read His Word. Talk to Him. Do you want to make a difference? Worship Him. Read His Word. Talk to Him. Of the steps listed in this book, though I would not say these three steps are the most important, all of these steps are important. I will say, however, that the three items Worship, word, and prayer are three critical keys to realizing the fullness of the next steps that you are striving to take. I ask you to be intentional about making worship, word, and prayer a part of your daily life. Part Three, the second way God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit become the Kinsaki is through forgiveness. Psalms 1, chapter 130, verse 4. But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Matthew 26, verse 28. This is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Mark chapter 1, verse 4. And so John came baptizing them in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Luke one seventy seven through seventy nine to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to get our feet into the path of peace. Luke three three he went into all the country around the Jordan preaching our baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Luke twenty four forty seven and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. Acts two thirty eight Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter five verse thirty one God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. Acts 10.43 All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Acts chapter 13 verse 38 Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Acts 26 verse 18 to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Ephesians 1 chapter 1 verses 7 and 8 in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. 
Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, Hebrews 9, 22. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything he be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Part 4, the third way that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit become the Kinsagi is through growing a more intimate relationship with them. Um, the verses that talk about intimate are 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 4. The girl was very beautiful. She took care of the king and waited on him. But the king had no intimate relations with her. Job nineteen nineteen. All my intimate friends detest me. Those I love have turned against me. Job 29, verses 4 and through. 4 through 6. Oh, for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house, when the Almighty was still with me and my children around me, when my path was drenched with cream and the rock poured out for me streams of olive oil. Hosea 3 3. Then I told her, You are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute. Or be intimate with any men, and I will live with you. Relationship. Judges eight, chapter eighteen, verse seven. So the five men left and came to Laish, where they saw that the people were living in safety, like the Sidonians, unsuspecting and secure. And since their land lacked nothing, they were prosperous. Also, they lived a long way from the Sidonians and had no relationship with anyone else. Judges 18.28 There was no one to rescue them because they lived a long way from Sidon, Sidon and had no relationship with anyone else. The city was in a valley near Beth Rahab. The Danites rebuilt the city and settled there. Romans two seventeen through twenty one. Now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and brag about your relationship to God, if you know His will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of infants, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. You then who teach others do not teach yourself. And if anyone wants to see this heart that has been put together using Kinsagi, um, I could send it to you through email. Um, just leave me a voice message on. Uh, you guys can leave me a voice message. I know on Anchor.fm you can, but I don't know if you can do it through the other podcast that you guys listen through. Um, I will continue with part five. We come broken to be mended. We come wounded to be healed. This is another way that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit become our Kinsagi glue that keeps us together. See y'all in the next podcast. God bless. Love you all.